Welcome to the fourth Sunday in Advent, the darkness and the waiting of Advent that we practice, Advent meaning the appearing of God, is most tenable because of love. We hope because of love. We have peace and joy that we've talked about in this season because of love. In our gospel reading, we're told of the story of Jesus coming into the world through Mary. Mary says yes to God's plan. Mary conceiving God in her body points to this wild notion that the eternal, non-created being, God, has entered creation. We call it incarnation. The name Emmanuel captures it. It means God with us. Elio Delio, a Franciscan sister, writes, quote, The claim, God has become flesh, is so radical that it is virtually unthinkable and illogical. Christianity is the most radical of all world religions because it takes matter seriously as the home of divinity. Matter as the home of divinity, end quote. This is seen most clearly in the advent of Jesus as Jesus comes into the world, but it's also seen in the very creation itself, in the universe itself. The animation of every quirk or atom in matter is an expression of God's self. God is in all things, which is why there are things. <laughs> all the energy of the universe is God. God is more than the universe. God transcends matter, but nothing exists without God animating it, without God being present in it. The energy of creation is called love in scripture. God is love. And it's a love that's not conditioned. You don't have to do anything or be someone you are not to be loved. You are just loved, period. And you being alive, you being animated, that's the proof of that love. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. God loves, and you're in a universe of love. Psalm 139 says it so beautifully. One of my favorite Psalms. The Psalmist says, God, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar, which in some ways is paralyzing because you know you. <laughs> But he says, you discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways before I say anything, before a word is on my tongue. Oh, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. And then he says this really amazing statement that's a little cryptic to us in the modern world. But he said, and you lay your hand upon me. In other words, what the psalmist is saying, you know everything about me. You know my thoughts, you know my actions, you know my words even before I know them. And yet you choose to put your hand on me, not slap. This is code for blessing. Irrespective of how you are or have been or will be, God extends God's hand on you to speak blessing to you. We get glimpses of it when we watch our little kids run around or our grandkids run around. You think even when they're naughty, we just love them, right? Somehow God has that in God's self. And then the psalmist says, because of this such knowledge, 
Whoa, it's too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. I can't grasp this. I can only be grasped by it. Where can I go from your spirit, he says. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there, expectedly. If I make my bed in the depths, one translation says, if I go to hell, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, the implication is I'm running from you. Even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand, and the place that I think I'm farthest away from you will take hold of me. This is the story that frames our lives. J.I. Packer says it in a beautiful quote I, I love about this idea. He says, quote, there is tremendous relief in knowing that his love to me is utterly realistic, based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me, so that no discovery now can disillusion him about me in the way I am so often disillusioned about myself." End quote. Isn't there accountability for sin? Sure but we're not so much punished for our sins as punished by our sins. And the accountability we must carry never puts God's love for us into question. God never stops loving you. Romans 8 says it beautifully. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? And if you're alive and breathing, God has chosen you. Is it, it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right end of God. He's standing there for us, interceding. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, all these horrible situations, the sword, war. He says, it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It sure feels like that in the world sometimes. No, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and loves us. For I'm convinced, Paul says, that neither death nor life, angels, demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers that include your own powers, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Shazam. <laughs> I mean, there are certainly times when our lives hit the fan and things look dark, so dark that we feel abandoned, so dark that we feel beyond love. I think all of us have tasted of that, or you certainly will. Jesus felt that. He cried as our sin entered him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is precisely why Jesus knows how to sit with us in our sense of forsakenness. He knows what it means to be in that space and we are never left alone. Advent trains us for the moments when circumstances and our own feelings tell us we have gone too far, that we've crossed that line, that it's over and we feel isolated or maybe full of shame. We may feel that as reality, 
but it is only a distorted fragment of reality. Feeling unloved means you are in a demonically inspired trance. That's all that is. You're sleepwalking in a virtual reality with a mind that's created false narratives and that is cluttered and dislocated. That's all that is. If you will dare to awaken, you will discover what is actually going on. You are in a dimension created out of love, suffused with love. If you are here, you are here because you are loved. Our rebellions are like our stomping our feet against the spin of the earth. Our stompings don't change reality. Stomp away, the earth still spins, God still loves. Your heartaches and disappointments don't disprove God's love for you. God's love is too great, too awesome. The horrid circumstance you're facing right now is like a fart in a hurricane of love. That was a prophecy for someone. <laughs> Circumstances don't obviate love. Circumstances don't obviate love. Yes, we live in a world where there is good and bad. We don't know why there isn't always good. We're not told why, but we are told. Emmanuel has come. God is with us and we are loved. Paul tells us love never fails. In other words, love wins. That is the peace and the hope and the joy of Advent. Love wins.